The Neo Reality Entertainment brand expands with a relaunch of the Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. Your host, Eric Brown, gives his insights and thoughts in the ever-expanding news world of comic books, professional wrestling, gaming, TV, and movies. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa. Welcome, everyone, to Neo Reality Collective. I'm your host, Eric Brown, back again. Had to, focus, had to be on break for a little bit, but we're back. We're not really talking much about news this week and whatnot. We're talking about one piece of news that was very important for a lot of people in the world of comics, at least. Hickman is leaving X-Men. I don't know how much longer I can go with that. <sighs> Yep, Entertainment Weekly came out as part of their big interview that with Hickman, Jonathan Hickman, the head of X, that, yeah, they are, he is departing the X-Men line after his upcoming Inferno miniseries wraps up. So, yeah. Hickman tells Entertainment Weekly that his initial plan for the X-Line has been massively expanded thanks to the contributions from other writers and artists who came in to write the comics alongside him, such as Gary Duggan, Al Ewing, Teeny Howard, Benjamin Percy, Sib Sipper, Seb Wells, Leon Williams, and more. And Hickman goes ahead and says in his interview, say, Oh, plans have changed entirely. When I pitched the X-Men story I want to do, I pitched a very big, very broad, three-act, three-event narrative, the first of which was House of X, and while this loosely worked as a three-year plan, I told Marvel upfront that I honestly had no idea how long the first part would last because there were a lot of interesting ideas that I had seeded that other creators would want to play with. So we left this rather open-ended. I was also pretty clear with all the writers that I came to the office with the initial three-act plan was, so no one would be surprised when it was time to pour the line to Piviot. Hickman continues. So we're going to cover this interview part, and then I'll go in the second half of this video, little podcast, to explain the second half to give my thoughts on it. However, I also knew that I was cooking with a dynamite, and it was very possible that what I had written in House of X X and the ideas contained within it was not actually the first act of a three-act story, but something that resonated more deeply and worked more like a giant sized X-Men, where it would represent a paradigm shift in the entire line of X-Men and for a prolonged period of time. So during the pandemic, when the time came for me to start pointing things toward writing the second act event, I asked everyone if they were ready for, for me to do that. And to a man, everyone wanted to stay in the first act. It was really interesting because I appreciate that House of X resonated with them to the extent that they didn't want it to end, but the reality was that I knew I would be leaving the line early. The show Hickman has slowly been bowing out. The flagship X-Men comics, which Hickman had been running since House of X and Powers of Ten, concluded in fall 2019, was recently relaunched by Duggan and Larez. The current New Mutants book, which was originally co-written by Hick- Hickman and Ed Burson, and was taken over last year by Elia, the artist Rodriguez remained. Last week, Hickman and other high-profile characters, comic creators announced they were beginning new projects on Substack, 
but though the timing matches up, these aren't exactly closely related. Hickman will continue working on Marvel even as he launches three moons, three worlds with artists Mike Del Mundo and Mike Huddleston. He just won't be writing monthly mutant comics for a while. So, this is what he also says. Marvel doesn't really pay me to just write ongoing monthly books. There's an exception for me to write bigger books that have a variety of reach to that. Hickman tells EW in an effort to facilitate both things, we spent all the last six months or so rearranging the line, me creating and further to assist with that, and bringing in some new rights to add to the existing team, and plan for the next several years of Xbox. So after Inferno, I will be leaving to go work on my next big Marvel thing, and starting in January, the excellent Marvel Rocket Force starting with a new weekly series that leads into a very cool refocused line of books. Yes, it's taken us a little while to get everything assembled correctly, but the end result, everything that's coming after Inferno, is going to be pretty great. So, yeah. So there were some teasers that were released around this time where they're hinting that there's more to this Inferno event and they use teasers from the previous Inferno event as a reference for it, where they go with Xavier, Emma Frost, Magneto, our leaders can't be trusted. Mystique, Moore, Metagra, and Destiny, our enemies can't be trusted. Colossus, Psylocke, and Bishop, our allies can't be trusted. Basically, the idea is trust no one. So get ready for that excitement. So, yeah, Hickman is leaving the X-Line. Now, I don't, he doesn't really, he doesn't say he's leaving the X-Men comics. It does suggest that he's still going to be the head of X. I don't know if that's the case, but we're doing some double checking on this. But Hickman and going ahead and abdicating his position. And uh, Hickman seems to still be somewhat connected with all this, but... Yeah. So this is going to lead to a weekly X-Men event that will, will lead into an X-Men line relaunch. As for Hickman, he's moving on to his next big Marvel project. So, yeah. That's the interview that he gave to Entertainment Weekly. So those were my interpreted thoughts on that. Let's, I'll get into the, to my, to the, inter, I talked about the interview. So let's, so let's go into the commercial break and then we'll get back to you guys with the second part of this conclusion and talk about really much of the details of the wide, of the wider implications that were made in this interview. Take care. Welcome back everyone. So yeah. Let's dig really deep into this and give a proper analysis of this interview regarding Hickman's departure from the X-Line. Our plans have changed entirely. When I pitched the X-Men story I wanted to do, I pitched a very big, very broad three-act, three-event narrative. The first of which was House of X. While this loosely worked as a three-year plan, I told Marvel up front that I had honestly had no idea how long the first part would last because there were a lot of interesting ideas that I had seeded that other creators would want to play with, and so we left this round open-ended. I was pretty clear of all the writers that came into the office or the, what the initial three-act plan was, so no one would be surprised when it was time for the for the line to pivot. So, if I had to to decipher everything that was going on here. Hickman was the head of X, as in everything that went, while there were editors, there were continuity editors, there were directors on this, it ultimately came down to Hickman of what he exactly wanted to do with the X books and how they story, story beats that connected all this in order to get to the next big event, what all to pivot out to. 
But, however, he did not give a rather massively detailed thing. He more like pitched the in-betweens in that leads into it. So he would have House of X, Powers of Ten. He would have Sword of Ten, Ten of Swords, and then he would have Inferno. Or it seems like Ten of Swords wasn't the second event of the three-year plan. I'm not 100% certain on that. And the pandemic changed certain things that led to this whole departure for Hickman because he had plans to put the X-Book in the digital space, but then COVID stopped and COVID stopped hurting the comic book industry and things went back in order. So that led to the Three Worlds, Three Moons project he's doing on with Substack. But this is where things got interesting. Hickman had this this three-act plan. That means he had an ending envisioned. Which, I, if I had to guess, he had a plan that would eventually leave the Krakoa era or leave in a position where everything ended, but they can still go with the Krakoa era and move forward with their own visions. Hickman, however, told, told them all up front, yes, this era will end or it will be in a point where you could do whatever you want after I finish this story. But this is the problem that Marvel got. Okay, how do I put this, um, how do I put this more delicately? Remember in WWE, if those who watch professional wrestling, because when I think of comic books and wrestling, I think of shared universe concepts, because that's how I see things. Remember if you've heard the stories about Ryan War, who was the lead writer of SmackDown during the second brand extension era, and Paul Heyman during his first brand extension as the lead writer. For WWE, you were doing too much of a good job, so you would be booted from the thing, and then we would and then we would sabotage the product just to make the other show look better, because that was the idea. Raw was number one, SmackDown was number two. It can't be bigger than the big show, than the A show. SmackDown will always be quote the B show. Therefore, anything that made it good, anything that was working right. We can't have that. That that goes against our initiative of audience of one, which is a contradiction on everything that says Vince loves competition because he clearly doesn't or else he wouldn't have screwed people over. Paul Heyman would have still been running SmackDown until he got to his end game. And then Ryan Ward would have probably still been writing SmackDown to his end game until they wanted to change things up. But instead, WWE operates with, you're doing too much of a good job? Well, F you. Marvel, however, operates the other extreme on this when a writer presents stuff that is just way so good. Higman said this, However, I also knew that I was cooking with dynamite. It was very possible what I had written House of X and the ideas contained within was not actually the first act of a three-act story, but something that resonated more deeply and worked more like a giant-sized X-Men, would represent a paradigm shift in the entire X-Men line for a prolonged period of time. So during the pandemic, when the time came for me to start pointing th- things towards writing the second act event, I asked everyone if they were ready for me to do it, and to a man, and everyone wanted to stay in the first act. It was really interesting, because I appreciated that House of X resonated with them to the extent that they didn't want it to end, but the reality was that I knew I would be leaving the line early. So, yeah. I don't know if Ten of Swords was Hickman's original envision. I think it was, but then they expanded it because 15 issues was the original plan, then they expanded it to 22. 
which was a little bit of a mm, kind of thing. You could have had tie-ins, but not really connect with the overall story and still make it 22 chapters. But, uh, yeah, moving on from that. But, like, this is the thing that that Marvel did. They went the opposite extreme, where we like this idea. We don't want to leave it. It's too much. It's too good. It makes us a lot of money. So, yeah, Hickman came in with the idea that he had a three-act plan, how this would all come to an end, and Marvel liked the first act so much they didn't want to leave the first act. So you're kind of in this weird position where now you, where now it's like, how do we do this now? Because Hickman was the leader. He was the captain of the ship, and the crew just basically overthrew him. Except there's no leader now. So this leads to this question I have. With how this was originally presented, was Ten of Swords and the Hellfire Gala part of the three-act structure plan? I think Ten of Swords was, but they might have changed some stuff up just to keep things up for the next chapter in this whole event. Hellfire Gala, I look at it now, I'm starting to think, while I had fun with the event, I honestly think it wasn't Hickman's plan. Now, the Scarlet Witch being killed off, that's a different topic altogether. Like, they had said ideas out there, but now it's like, what do we do with this route? I kind of curious to know what they mean and he's not really I don't know if he's mad exactly but like we're just getting text out of this I don't know if he was mad but he did say that he appreciated that the House of X stuff resonated with them so strongly to the extent they didn't want this era to end but he knew it has to be one or the other Marvel put Hickman in basically a position where you have to choose do you stay and worked on something that you know can't end because Marvel management decided no we don't want it to end or and then probably take a much longer period of time to convince them we I can end this era or leave Marvel had put put this idea one or the other has to go if there is no no Krakoa era Krakoa era staying around for like another 20 years or so if Marvel does keep that kind of status quo up then there can't be then there can't be a Hickman. If there's a Jonathan Hickman, then they have to end the Krakoa era eventually with him, if that was the original plan. So yeah. Th this is the thing that bugged me a little bit when I heard this. I, I I get Marvel's viewpoint. They want to make money out of this, and this was a big sell well for them, the Krakoa era, this new different direction for the X-Men, instead of being the same Winchester school or broken Winchester school or divided X-Men line or the oversimplification of them or the derailing of their momentum because Fox on the right, so yeah, they wanted to do the separatist nation idea, uh, have made X-Men more like villains to an extent with how he was writing Xavier and Magneto because how they just made them made them look more either villainous or militaristic. And now it's like, it did seem like they were going a route that probably teased Krakoa going to war with Wakanda and or Atlantis. I definitely think that was one of the big events planned. Hickman writing an event where he had a war with with Wakanda and and Atlantis because Krakoa has issues with them. Namor doesn't want to join with Krakoa. He still believes he's superior to all because Namor is an asshole at times. 
to the extent of extremely killing plants and even admitting that while he was wrong he would do it again and wakanda has kind of this idea that hey we're wakanda we're, we we can do better we we are perfectly all right where we are so yeah they didn't care and consider they didn't really care about the resources they were getting they could have gotten from wakanda but not recognizing them as a sovereign state was probably a that might come back to bite them so yeah i do kind of get what hickman was trying to go for and i get what marvel was trying to do but now it looked like what could have been a three-year, three-event plan now could have likely been stretched out for nine years, and you would have to do two, three years worth of first Act 1, three years of Act 2, and three years of Act 3 just to end the story. And Hickman probably didn't want to stay around for that and wanted to do more original work, but he is said to still be sticking around with the Marvel stuff and might come back. So he could still get his way. He's still sticking around with Marvel, which does surprise me. I get the feeling... <laughs> He did say that after X-Men, back in 2019, he said after X-Men, I don't think there's anything left for me to do with Marvel. All the good, all the dream projects I have left are in DC Comics. And remember, he was pitched at one point to write Justice League or Legion of, Legion of Heroes at one point, and he clearly had a plan for them in mind if, if they hired him, which I would have loved to have seen. Um, I hope we still get that one day. But... It does feel like, it feels like the writers and the Marvel team went ahead and was like, this era is just so good. We don't want it to end. Except, you will end it. You ended Genosha. You ended the mutant reign during when Decimation. What makes you think Krakoa is going to stick around forever? It can't. So, remember how New X-Men started? We blow up the... Well, let's blow up Genosha! What's to stop another writer say? Let's destroy Kakoa. Except then it would be really insulting for people because they weren't given the ending they were initially promised. Hickman had probably a different idea and it wasn't the idea that the next writer who takes over the X-Men line will have. He'll just blow up Kakoa and kill everyone. And we could start fresh. Or, you know, we could just kill more Metagra and then restart the timeline. Because that's how reincarnation works, it seems, in that universe. But yeah, it's it, it looks to me like a bad situation all around, I feel. It, it, like, if I was the writer, I, I, if I was the head lead of all this and I was like... Look, I don't have a full-fledged plan. Like, I respect that you guys like this, but we need to eventually have... Like, we can't really make this era last forever or an extended period of time. We killed Genosha, and it didn't get the ending it should should have really gotten. It just sort of... Let's start the issue off with a shocker. And then Bendis comes in and says, let's end everything that Grant Morrison built up and decimate the entire human species. And that was even even shorter. I think Genosha was around since the 90s? But yeah. And Hickman had to build off those two ideas to keep the, to, to tie in with the House of Ten and House, House of X and Powers of Ten event. I don't know what they're going to do now with Krakoa's nation state. They could probably end it in next year if, if Marvel went that route and says they're going to do a weekly comic series with it to end the series to 
and all events. Like I said this, I, I honestly, for my money's sake, I, I honestly, if they if they end the entire line after Inferno's done, I'll be I'll be freaking grateful because I could now no longer have Marvel stuff, have a huge amount of X books in my collection. I just have to fight for a few more months, which could probably kill me. But still, oh man, I'm crazy. But yeah, I would have loved to see how Hickman got his way if Hickman got his way and had this whole thing planned out, like. It's not like as hostile as scenes as his original ending with Marvel, where he had the Secret War stuff, and he gave and they promised him, okay, we won't do any launches. We'll do a bunch of tie-ins with uh, one shots to do with the Bow World stuff, but we will not continue everything post Secret Wars until you finish. And there were issues, and then Marvel did it anyways, and that soured the relationship between the two, and. Yeah, it, it didn't look good, so they were like, oh, fuck. So when DC Comics came in and offered Hickman a position at their company during the Rebirth Initiative, then Marvel got down on their knees and were like, please, please come back. We'll give you anything you want. Anything you want. X-Men. Okay, but Disney, can you buy the rights back? We'll buy the company. Okay, you can have X-Men. I think that's how the meeting went. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know what he's gonna do next to top his X-Men line or his other stuff he's done in the past. I don't even know what he could really do. Like, if you say he could do Spider-Man, I'm like, he kinda already did with the fan Fantastic Four run, which which is kinda depressing when the best written Spider-Man since J. Michael Szynski, except for certain stories, is, with the guy who's writing him that's not even his flagship title. That, like, that's what I keep hearing from people. Like, Hickman wrote the best Spider-Man story, and it wasn't even in a Spider-Man story. Yeah, that's kind of depressing when you think about it. Like, he always wrote Spider-Man in Fantastic Four, Future Foundation, and sure enough, he also wrote Spider-Man in Avengers. Yeah, do you not see the problem that it seems Spider-Man can be better written by someone who's not the main star of the writing book? Yeah, that, that's kind of saying something. But but, but that's just what I hear. I, I I don't know much. I don't know what was going on with Spider-Man at the time other than the Mephisto stuff, but yeah. So, yeah, bad situation it seems for me because I really would have loved to see what Hickman's original vision was. We'll have to see what the other writers who's going to take the lead after this. I don't know if Hickman's sticking around as the head of X or he's just like the head editor of, of, of the line of how the story would go. But, yeah, we're going to have to see how this goes. So, good luck to you, man, Hickman. I'm looking forward to Three Worlds, Three Moons, Three Worlds book now on Substack. So, get ready for that, everybody. Anyways, this was the Reality Collective. Signing out, everyone, and take care. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.